RTHK. Hong Kong. This is Back Chat for the 11th of April, Tuesday. I'm Andrew Work, and your guest presenter today is Ada Wong. Good morning, Ada. Good morning, Andrew. Hong Kong lost more than 94,000 workers in 2022, the biggest drop in the labor force since records began almost four decades ago. According to the Census and Statistics Department data, our labor force, including foreign domestic workers, fell 2.4% year-on-year to 3,776,000 and change in 2022. With the shrinking birth rate and the rise in demand for elderly care home services, the government has proposed allowing all care homes to recruit staff outside the SAR to tackle a manpower crunch in the industry. But some have criticized the government's decision to import workers, claiming it might depress salaries for local care workers and lead to the hiring of unqualified staff. We are fully loaded with great guests to tackle this topic. And then... After 9.45, we'll look at how restaurants are doing uh, during the Easter holidays. I'll give you a hint. It ain't great. Let us know what you think on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And to kick off, we're going to welcome our guests to the show, starting with Ho Lok Sang, who's the director at the Pansu Tong Shanghai Hong Kong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lignan University. Good morning, Ho Lok Sang. Uh, good morning. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we'd also like to welcome Paul Yip, who is the Chair of Population Health at the Department of Social Work and Social Administration at the University of Hong Kong. Good morning. Uh, uh, good morning. Yeah. Paul Yip, uh, kicking off. Uh, how bad is the problem right now? Is this, is this a problem we can see coming down the pike, or is it already having an impact on how we care for the elderly in Hong Kong? Well, I think what you see in Hong Kong these days, it, is, um, it has happening, I think, uh, in the last three decades, I think we see a decline of our birth rate. I think in 1961, we have 86,000 birth, and now, I mean, now we have only 30,000 birth. And then you also can see there will be less people, I think, joining to the workforce, I think, due to the continuous reduction of the of the number of birth and also now for those people who are born in the 60s and now they're entering in this retirement age now so i think that and also with uh, some uh, people have left hong kong i think in the last two or three years so that make the situation more acute and is it is it manifesting itself as being unable to hire people or in rising salaries or in some other ways well i think um, it Yes, I think the, because I think the the number of people who can uh, work or who are in the workforce, I think uh, it is in great demand. I think uh, some it is due to the wages. I think I think uh, of course I think if you are willing to pay a bit more, I think you will be able to draw some people. I think who are still not in the workforce yet. But I think overall, I think we do see a very rapidly aging situation. I think uh, because of uh, the more people, I mean, they go to the retirement age and there's not enough young people, I think, to join the workforces. Right. Um, but the uh, biggest drop in labor force, you know, the 94,000 workers, I guess that, um, you know, the majority of them are not really in the elderly uh, service uh, workers because those are like in middle management and they're professionals and they have immigrated. And um, so we, we have always have this, had this problem of, uh, you know, low-level jobs, entry-level jobs, uh, cleaners, um, elderly home workers, 
uh, support workers, um, uh, you know, job titles like that. How 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 how, how do you see that um, you know happening? Uh, do we have enough people to do these low level jobs? Well, yeah, I mean, yes, I think these the jobs are not uh, really the uh, favorite one among the local people, and also uh, they are not being paid very well. I think, uh, I think in the past, I think we have been very fortunate. I think to have uh, the one-way permit holders. I mean, they come to Hong Kong, and then for those people, they are willing to uh, take up these difficult jobs. You know, so I think there are many ways to do it. I think uh, I one you raise the wages because uh, they are still. Uh, quite a few the females working force. I think uh, in the community that has not been fully realized. And also, uh, we are talking about um, how to use this um, um, this general technology. I mean, to try to uh, use a bit more machinery. I mean, to help to do the elderly caring job. And then I think thirdly, I think that we really have to look up. I think to import uh, the people. Uh, from the laboring region, having to help us, having to elevate it, I mean, this pressure. Yeah. So, uh, Holok Sang, I want to bring you in on this. Um, okay. in, in terms of skills and economic uh, development of Hong Kong, you know, we always talk about upskilling the population. Have we just upskilled them right out of being able to do these jobs? Well, I think there's a physical shortage, you know. You, you just count the numbers, and I, I agree that if you raise the wages uh, to some extent, you can draw people from outside the labor force. So, uh, but there's a limit to the limits to that because uh, you have to, for example, females uh, who are taking care of the kids, uh, they they will need to to hire a, a, a domestic helper before they can leave the home, and uh, it's not so easy, you know. It, they may find it difficult to afford it, you know, especially uh, if the job is not really that high paying, it's not attractive for them. So um, um, I think um, it is really necessary to draw uh, people from outside Hong Kong, you know, uh, in order to, to fill those positions, you know, because otherwise, especially for the elderly homes, the shortage of hands is really uh, translating into uh, poor service for the elderly, you know, and and I think uh, uh, the the situation is really quite 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 difficult. And uh, I heard that um, uh, I think one time I heard on Outage case uh, someone who who wanted to apply for a job in in uh, those elder homes and find it so 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 miserable, you know, and they they wouldn't do it, you know, because it's really very uh, disheartening, you know, working those uh, co- uh, conditions, and the, the the lack of manpower is making things even worse. So, so it's even more unattractive, you know, for local people to to work there. So, so it's necessary to have more hands so that uh, the the people, uh, the the conditions, the ro- the working conditions can improve, and then you can attract some local local hands, perhaps. Yes, I can see that housewives uh, like part-time jobs. 
Uh, I've seen them, you know, uh, delivering packages, for example. Yeah, part-time um, jobs. In, in, in the gig economy, they, they like that. You know, they go and pick right, up a parcel right. and deliver it to Central. And then, exactly. you know, they have three, four hours a day, you know, when the kids yeah. are at school. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, can elderly services improve uh, themselves? The elderly homes, you know, the working conditions, can they really improve so that they attract these uh, housewives and give them more flexible hours? I think it's really very difficult, you know, because... Uh, uh, Hong Kong, a lot of Hong Kong families cannot afford paying uh, high fees. So, so the fees are, of course, already much higher than that uh, of uh, subvented homes. Uh, and uh, they have to make ends meet and to make a uh, profit, you know. So, so um, they, they, they try to minimize costs. And so uh, the the result is that the the the, the, the conditions are not really that uh, uh, desirable. Hmm. And uh, so, and I think you you really need to to have more more hands before you can improve the conditions. Yeah, I mean. Uh, we welcome on the line now. We're really stacking the uh, the panel today. We've got Lam Chun Sing. Uh, Lam Chun Sing is a lawmaker from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labor Unions. Good morning, Lam Chun Sing. Or we Hello, also, Mr. Lam. Yeah. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Just making. Can, can sh- you hear me? We can now. Just making sure we've got you yeah. on the line. We also have on the line with Rebecca Chow, who's a, a member of the Elderly Services Association of Hong Kong. We're talking about uh, the labor shortages for taking care of our elderly. And, we, you know, we were just talking about wages. And in particular, like, is it is it ever going to be possible to attract enough local Hong Kong people? And do we, or is getting people from overseas an absolute must? Uh, Lam Chun Singh, I know that you've got some yeah. opinions on the matter. Yeah, hello, I'm here. Great. Can you hear me? We can. We can. Oh, okay. Thank you. Great. So, um, so um, of of course, we we understand that uh, the difficulties of the industry, and because uh, low salary cannot attract local workers, and also on the other side, uh, there's a difficult operation environment for the employer, and I think the situation is very difficult. But because now. Under the labor supplementary scheme of labor department, there are many import uh, labor came to Hong Kong and become elderly care worker. And I think it's mainly in the private elderly care home center because it's difficult for them to recruit local labor because of the unattractive package and uh, low salary is about only uh, 15,000 per month and long working hour, tough work also. So, uh, but under the fifth wave pandemic situation, in order to attract local people to join the industry, the government provide additional allowance for the elderly care worker. They can have uh, 25,000 to 30,000 monthly salary. Mm. In fact, it can attract local people to join at that time. Uh, some of them are unemployed in other industry and they come to join the industry. But after the pandemic situation, 
um, but the government uh, cancelled and cut the allowance and the salary become back to the normal. And some of the local workers moved to other industries. So that under the pandemic situation, it's so that higher salary can attract people to join. But now the, the salary level is back to the normal. So uh, the, the, some of the local workers may move to other industries. So that's the problem, I think. We're hearing the opposite, that in fact, even though the government put more money into the system, it, it didn't bring more workers in, that we're still losing people from the industry. Um, are Hong Kongers just not going to do it at any price? And and I, I think uh, when we're talking about the care worker and, and the elderly care home, we, we, we should divide into two parts. One is the private uh, elderly care home centre. And, and they also import many foreign workers in, in Hong Kong. But on the other side, for the subvented elderly care home center, because they have lump sum guan, and the government increased the salary point of the care worker before, and they provide resources to the subvented elderly care home center, the, the like the NGO, but, but I think some of the NGOs do not give that salary to the care worker is much lower than the salary point of the government resources. But because of the lump sum guan, the NGO have the flexibility to use the resources. So the government cannot monitor that situation. And lower salary make it difficult to recruit local workers. But I still believe that the subvented elderly care home center have the ability and they have government resources and they can afford to recruit local worker and provide a, a, a good uh, attractive package to the local worker i think right now uh, mr lam we, if we continue to import labor instead of uh, build the capacity of the local workforce and giving them better wages um this is only a short-term solution to the problem um, do, do you agree with that, or should we provide more training and more prospects uh, for, uh, for example, housewives to join this industry? Yeah, I think I think we should uh, use many message. You uh, use many measures to focus on this issue. Uh, of course, one we can attract uh, female to join the workforce and provide more part-time job for them because so that let they can make a balance between working and taking care of their family members and also the government need to provide more student care service so that we can release the female workforce and increase the salary mm -hmm. um, and but i think the, now uh, uh, many elderly care home center especially for the self-finance uh, care home center they import many labor, and and now the the government said that uh, uh, maybe in this year they will import more than about uh, three thousand foreign care worker came to Hong Kong, but I think um, at the past uh, uh, there's more than thousand foreign elderly care worker came to Hong Kong under labor supplementary scheme. Every year, if the government and the industry would like to import, uh, let's say, 2,000 to 3,000 elderly care workers, and they can import under the existing mechanism. That's the main point, under the existing mechanism.
the labor supplementary scheme. It's no need for the government to set up other schemes to import. We will read that later. Maybe uh, we will read that different departments have different labor import schemes. For example, whether the transport department have a labor import scheme for transportation worker, whether the development bureau have a labor import scheme for construction worker. What's the monitoring mechanism for these schemes? Can they make a balance between local worker employment priority? Mm. That's what, what we're we are, uh, yeah. so that we, if we need to import foreign worker, we should uh, base on the existing mechanism, I think. Right. Uh, Rebecca Chow, you're a member of the Elderly Services Association of Hong Kong. I understand you have some, some expertise, in particular in the rights of foreign workers in this sector. Uh, do you think the existing programs we have are good enough to bring in enough foreign workers, or do we need new schemes? Uh, hi. Yes. Hi. Um, well, I really think that we, we do need the new scheme, and we welcome the new scheme. Um, as, um, for the uh, existing um, <clears throat> For the existing scheme, um, I think the processing is too long. And, you know, um, in order for us to import the workers, we need about, you know, at least six months. Um, so this is uh, way too long to um, um, to get the papers in. Um, of course, you know, um, uh, uh, we, we try to create a local market as well. But then, you know, uh, I think... Before the government decides to have the new scheme, um, we have tried many ways and many years, and you know we tried different methods, but um, it just uh, simply didn't work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, where, where, where do you get your foreign um, workers from, or are they from mainland? Mainland workers or foreign workers? Yeah, um, mainly um, the foreign workers are from mainland China. Um, uh, um, because of the uh, language and, you know, it's easier. Um, yep. And are, they, are they mainly, uh, do they mainly speak Guangdong Hua and come from uh, Guangdong province or are they from other parts of China as well? Yeah, they are from, uh, you know, uh, Guangzhou and other provinces as well. Um, they, uh, some of them would be able to speak uh, Cantonese as well. Um, some of them may, may not, but they can you know, at least uh, speak Mandarin and at least able to communicate. Right. Um, and, and you have to provide accommodation for them, uh, or do you not? Yes, yes, we have to provide accommodations and even we uh, provide meals as well. Um, yep. To the, um, to the okay, uh, Re Rebecca, do, do you think that um, you know by importing uh, more um, labor, yes, we we fix the problem uh, very quickly, but then you know do you see um, you know um, enough housewives uh, willing to enter this industry, but um, they lack training and they they probably need more flexible hours. Do, do you think that these people exist? Uh, because we have a lot of women in Hong Kong and they are not uh, entering the workforce yet because of family uh, issues. Well, yes. Um, you know, importing labor definitely is um, just for, um, it's not a long time solution, you know, to, to help Hong Kong to, you know, have a better quality of services. Um, you know, of course, we prefer to have our, like, you know, the. Um, to, to open up to the workforce or even the women, like uh, they can do part-time. Um, but then, you know, um, again, um, 
you know, not not many people would like to be in this industry. Yet. You know, um, it's really, really difficult for us to arrange the um, the sheet and all that. So um, we we did try that as well. I think the industry has tried many ways to try to attract the new bloods in, um, but you know, um, we just. Um, uh, they, they they can't just stay long, and probably, you know, just, um, uh, of course, lack of training is one thing. But you know, when they come into the industry, come into the center, um, the situation is totally different as what they expect. So many of them would decided to leave, and instead of you know, um, just stay there for long or or bustling years. Yeah. Um, Paul Yip, I'm conscious we only have you to the half hour. Uh, people are talking about getting workers on more part-time basis, gig economy. But I mean, uh, the miracle of uh, what gig economy technology companies have done is they've sorted out the administration. They've made the administration cost effective. If you had people coming in for two hours at a time, you'd need four of those a day with all the administration that it requires to monitor their working hours and get them paid and everything. Is that, is that feasible or do we really need people that are willing to put in the hours of like you know, normal full-time jobs, 40 hours a week. I mean, is it feasible to have people kind of popping in and out? Or, is, or does that just not work in terms of elderly care? Well, I think we just need to be as flexible as possible now because, I mean, uh, like when you go for the elderly home, there's some sort of feeding time or the bathing time. I think that is the time that they, we, they need more workers, right? And, she, and usually they do not need the worker to stay, to stay there for the home. Uh, for the whole day, you know. So once the system is in place, and then I think, uh, as you can see, our our women working participation rate, especially for the age group from 40 to 59, is still very low. So I think there is still a bit untapped, uh, un, yeah, untapped human resources. I think that can be deployed, I think, to improve our services, I think, in the elderly home. But one thing is very important. I think when we talk about the import of the labors, I think some. Uh, I think we have so many story about the regulation and how they ensure that this import worker they are not being ripped off. Or they are being um, uh, take, uh, they, they would not be taken advantage by the employer. I mean to pay them less and that's such a to do the job. I mean that is something that I think we should really have to uh, uh, look after this and look at it very carefully. I mean to ensure whether the local people, the import workers, they all I think can earn I think their salary and then they are not uh, trying to come here to save the course. I think for the. Uh for the uh, employer. Right. Uh, um, Professor Yip, I, I saw a figure somewhere that uh, in Macau, more middle-aged women have entered the workforce, uh, whether it's full-time or part-time basis. It's up to 68%, something like that. Um, yes. Is, if that's correct, um, then, you know, Hong Kong's figures are pretty low. Yeah, I think we still have about about 20% or so, I think, for this age group women, I mean, because of our very strict, I think, uh, not so flexible working hours. And some of the employers said, well, I mean, since we are not paying them much anyway, so why don't we have them full, uh, why don't we have them full, uh, full time, no? But I think if you really talk about to maximize our, thing, our human capital, I think we have to pay them a bit more and then give them more visibility and such that, I mean, to give the opportunity for them to work and actually when they earn a bit, uh, a bit more, I mean, they will be happily, I mean, to provide your services, I mean, to the elderly too. Yeah, is, is lack of childcare support um, one of the indirect reasons 
for women not entering the workforce? That is very true too. I mean, at this moment, I think uh, 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 I think we have only about just two thousand places. I think over by the government. I think for the childcare services for age between zero and two. So I think is a lot of childcare services now we rely on the domestic helpers, right? So if you are not paying not so much more than the the domestic helper, I mean, there will be very little incentive, I mean, for the women, I mean, to go out to the workforce, I think, uh, to join the workforce. Hmm. Okay, um, I just got word from the uh, from the sound control that Paul Yip is in fact going to be joining us until 9.45, so we're going to ask you to stay on the line along with Lam Chun Singh and Rebecca Chow. We are unfortunately going to have to say goodbye to Ho Lok Sang, who's the director at the Pen Sutong, Shanghai, Hong Kong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lignan University. Uh, who is, uh, thank you very much for joining us this morning, Mr. Holok Song, regular here on Backchat. Uh, having a quick look at the weather, it is looking to be mainly cloudy with some coastal mist in the morning. Sounds very romantic. Sunny intervals during the day, so you will get a little bit of vitamin D. Uh, max temperature <clears throat> around 26 degrees. It might finally feel like uh, winter is wrapping up and we are moving on to summertime. Moderate easterly wind. Uh, and looking at the temperature right now in Hong Kong, it is 24 degrees Celsius with 82%. This is Back Chat, and we are sending you off to the news at the half hour. There's been another mass shooting in the United States with a gunman killing four people in Louisville, Kentucky. The assailant, Connor Sturgeon, also died at the scene. The Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says he's keeping Yoav Gallant on as Defence Minister in a reversal of his previous decision to fire him. Mr Netanyahu said they'd resolved their disagreement after Mr Gallant publicly condemned the government's plan for a radical judicial overhaul as a threat to Israel's security. And the assistant referee, Konstantin Hatsidakis, will not be involved in any matches, while the Football Association investigates an incident in which he appeared to elbow Liverpool's Andy Robertson. Hatsidakis made contact with Robertson's chin after the defender approached him at the end of the first half in Sunday's 2-2 draw with Arsenal at Anfield. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. In recent decades, we have been using more and more disposable plastic tableware, whether for dining or takeaway but it's often only used once and will harm the environment. For the environment's sake, the Environmental Protection Department reminds the public and the catering sector to reduce the use of disposable plastic tableware for both dine-in and takeaway. Don't use disposable plastic forks, knives and spoons and bring a reusable container for takeaway or packing up leftovers. Cannabis is a dangerous drug. From February 1st, 2023, cannabidiol or CBD is also a dangerous drug under the law. It is illegal to possess or trade CBD products in Hong Kong without permission. Also, don't bring any CBD products into Hong Kong from abroad. Trafficking or sales of CBD products will be subject to a maximum fine of $5 million and life imprisonment. Visit the Narcotics Division's webpage on CBD for details. CBD, not for me. Let's stand firm. Knock drugs out. And we're back on Back Chat. I'm Andrew Work here with Ada Wong, and we've got uh, we're talking about uh, the short labor shortage in terms of elderly care. Uh, presumably, something that will catch up with all of us at some point. I've got a couple of emails in. Uh, Henry says, "I think getting workers from other countries or mainland is paramount. Uh, those means like higher pay, etc. Only only piecemeal means to solve the problem. Money alone is not the solution." The 
Opposition on import of labor is to me just a knee-jerk reaction. Working towards the detriment of Hong Kong as the problem remains unsolved and getting bigger every year. The problem is nothing new. Why don't people take the why don't people the government take resolute action and solve it at its root level? David says we have thousands of asylum seekers that have been in Hong Kong for over ten years. They have already have accommodation but are not allowed to work. Use them. Otherwise, you are putting a big strain on the poor people of Hong Kong by forcing up the price of accommodation. On the show today, we've got uh, Paul Yip, who's the Chair of Population Health at the Department of Social Work and Social Administration at the University of Hong Kong. Uh, Lam Chun Singh, who is a lawmaker from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labor Unions. And Rebecca Chow, who's a member of the Elderly Services Association of Hong Kong. Rebecca Chow, uh, David suggests accessing refugees. A lot of people have made that suggestion that maybe we should let them work. Uh, have you ever looked into this market? Is that a potential source of uh, qualified workers for you? Yeah, that, that could be a qualified workers for us. But um, again, you know, um, in our industry, um, the the issue is, you know, um, we need to have a stable um, staffing to in order for us to keep up with the um, quality services. So um, if people just come in and out, um, it would be very difficult for us to, to you know, to, to um, just to keep serving the, the elderly. And um, of course, refugee, um, we, um, we, of course, we have to, you know, um, get the language barrier as well. Um, so, you know, um, uh, that, that could be a source, but how many would be able to really work in the elderly care? Um, as, um, you know, uh, our industry is unique as, um, you know, we are the um, 24-7 and 365-day, you know, service uh, industry. So, um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the amount of the people that we need, um, you know, is, is quite a lot. And, you know, and, uh, and they would actually need to be able to um, serve the elderly and not many people would be able to, you know, um, just um, do the uh, daily work, um, the, the core as, you know, saving the elderly um, or you know, um, even changing the service, you know. That is the work that, you know, um, that, that's the drawback in the uh, industry, um, you know, the, the, the um on, on the workflow every day. So, um, so, you know, I think in, in, in the Hong Kong market, we have tried many ways, as, um, as we have mentioned, um, by the women, um, you know, um, the, the, um, the housewives to join, and even the students to join in, um, but we don't see the result as, um, um, you know, able to fulfill what we need at the moment. Mm. <clears throat> so, so I think salary, the very low salary uh, that um, the private um, nurse, no, elderly homes can offer, is is really too low. So that's the crux. If that's the crux of the problem, then um, the whole industry uh, needs to to look at um, well, you know, your uh, your profitability and and see whether there is still a margin to increase uh, salary uh, for these uh, very frontline um, um, service workers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, I would say um, how much is um, is enough? That's the question. Um, 
Well, you see, our industry is, um, as what I say, um, it's very different with, um, like, uh, hospital sessions. Um, you know, for hospitals, right, um, those people who are willing to pay, they would go for private hospitals. So, but then for our industry, it's very different. Um, you know, um, we, uh, most of the, um, most of the um, elderly care homes are based on the uh, what we call government subsidized. You know, the, the service users are paying that type of um, of. So, what we are talking about, you know, it's um, again go back to um, resources allocation as you know uh, for 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 the. Um, you know, how many households in Hong Kong probably, you know, how much would they be able to support? Um, boy, elderly probably, uh, let's say, um, paying something like 20,000, 20, 30,000 a month of the, um, or just on, um, elderly care services. So, um, well, again, um, I think for private sector aspects, we might use the, um, you know, the resources as what we have right now. Um, so um, you can imagine after that rental, it's a big of the expenses. Um, so uh, how much left for the, you know, for the salaries and food and all that. So this is the thing that we need to concern as well. Um, yeah, so we got to strike a balance as, you know, um, uh, I oh probably we can raise the, the the salary a lot, but so with the market afford that thing. Yeah, Lam Chun Singh, everybody says, ah, oh, just raise the salaries and we'll get more people in. I mean, like, are we going to double the cost to elderly people who are maybe on a very, very limited budget, you know, on a fixed pension? I mean, mm-hmm. where where is all this magic money going to come from? Yeah, as, as I mentioned before, under the pandemic situation, the government increased uh, and provide additional allowance uh, to the care worker. And in fact, at that time, it can attract local workers to join. So we also suggest the government to have a reference on the old and middle age employment team under Labor Department. Uh, because several years ago, the Labor Department want to attract the old and middle-aged people to join the workforce. If the employer employ elderly workers and the government will provide allowance to them, it's about 5000 per month so that the employer can relieve their financial burden and also can pay a higher salary to uh, employ the elderly worker. So more elderly people will join the workforce. So uh, just like now, the situation, you want to attract people to become elderly care worker and, and the government can provide allowance, so higher wages, maybe we can attract some local people to join the industry. So uh, I think that the government should input some resources to solve this problem. Paul Yip, uh, I'm hearing a lot of more money, but I mean, is there any innovation? I mean, this is in other, in other fields. We do see technological innovation. I made references to some of that earlier. Uh, this industry seems to be 
hugely resistant to innovation. Is there something inherent in elderly care that it, it, it is it resists the kind of uh, productivity gains we've seen in other sectors? Well, I think we because when you see the people who are working there, they do not see there's a career, there's a future to be built there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think uh, I think a few years ago, I mean, the government has tried to encourage the young people, I think, to work in that industry and then to try to get them the qualification, become a registered worker, become a enrolled nurse or registered nurse. But because of the the type of work, oh, it's really difficult. So I think the dropout rate is very high. So I think unless, I think if we are really genuine, I think to improve, I think the career structure and the pay structure, I think that cannot be solved. No? So, and then, but on the other hand, what I'm saying is that, I mean, now we put everything on the elderly care. I think now we are talking about, uh, um, uh, um, uh, we promote some support, I mean, for some people who can provide a home care. I mean, we always call the aging in place. So do we have to put every elderly to the elderly home? Why is that? Because the people, they just don't have any better choices. So if their relative or if, uh, if the children are better supported, or then that we have another chance that to provide a quality services for the elderly. So I think don't miss the most important thing is just the well-being of the elderly themselves. You know? So whether they are staying in the home care or whether they stay in the elderly home, which one will provide better services? You know? So and all other things, I mean, we just try to make the thing, I mean, to facilitate, I mean, to meet our objectives. You know? Right. Um, <coughs> Professor Yip, on, on the point of um, uh, innovation, I note that uh, according to a McKinsey research, um, uh, you know, healthcare workers are, are the fastest expanding uh, workforce in the whole of the world. But um, they are also saying that um, perhaps in a few years' time, AI and robots could also take care of some of the jobs. But still, you know, I think, um, you know, for elderly homes, uh, human, the human focus is very important. So how, how, how do you see, you know, some of these uh, workforces, these people being overtaken by robots and AIs? You know, robots can remind the elderly to take their medicine on time. Well, I think it's it certainly, I think they can help. I think at least, I think uh, uh, now we have developed some sort of robots to be able to communicate with the elderly. And then we, de- we have developed some AI system and then just to remind, I think, the care and support I mean, for the elderly. So I, I, I think they will help. But I think the human force or the human touch is still an indispensable one. So I, th- I really think that there's a lot of jobs that can be done that can be taken up by the AI. But in terms of the human services, in, in terms of the caring services, we still, I think it is a very labor intensive world. No? So I, I, I still think that, yes, we, we should, I think, make good use of the technology, I mean, to reduce, I mean, the workload of the people who are actually working in the elderly center. But at the same time, we still have to build up a high quality uh, work, the working population with the passion and then with their heart, I think, to serve our elderly. Rebecca Chow, what, what kind of new technologies have your members, uh, people running the actual services zones, what kind of new technologies have they used to get productivity gains over the last few years? Are they, are they actively seeking them out and implementing technology um, solutions? Yes, we are. Um, we, um, Give me some examples. Yeah, in recent years, I think, um, you know, we've been using quite um, 
but still given the technology, something like, you know, um, uh, like uh, vital signs, you know, where you can just measure, you know, to, to, to reduce the, um, the recording of uh, manual recording and, you know, to reduce error from that. And some other technologies that like, yeah, robot, uh, you know, um, but uh, the thing is they probably, you know, can go around and just do some bidding or, you know, um, but um, other than that, I think, you know, if you are, if we are talking about more personalized, uh, uh, you know, care as, um, for example, changing diapers, I, it would be really difficult to, you know, <laughs> to, so, um, uh, yeah, but the, the uh, technology section is actually, uh, you know, um, it's, so, uh, it's being widely used in um, some of the um, um, elderly homes. But uh, again, um, uh, because of the uh, constraint of the, you know, the, 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 um, the spaces, um, some of the uh, bigger, you know, the, the spaces, it's the as well, so we can't just have you know a robot running around in all the centers to help us. Maybe we will someday. Well, thank you very much, Rebecca Chow, a member of the Elderly Services Association of Hong Kong, for filling us in on, I guess, vital signs monitors. Hopefully, some other, uh, hopefully, some more technology being introduced in the future. We also had Lam Chun Singh, who's a lawmaker from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labor Unions, joining us to talk about the labor shortage in elderly, as was Paul Yip, the chair of Population Health with the Department of Social Work and Social Administration at University of Hong Kong, and this is Back Chat. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Happy 95th birthday, RTHK! Thank you for 95 years of public broadcasting service. Keep up the amazing work. I'm Janice Wailan. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. And we're back on Backchat. I'm Andrew Work with Ada Wong. And we are talking about the restaurant business uh, because everybody goes to the restaurants. We love them in Hong Kong, but uh, maybe not the greatest weekend. Simon Wong, chairman, uh, president of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades, is joining us on the line now, regular on the show. Good morning, Simon. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ada. Good morning, Simon. Simon, we all we have we've had a, we had a, just a manic month here with uh, clock and flap and the rugby sevens and Art Basel. I mean, Hong Kong's back on fire, but uh, this past weekend maybe not so much. Uh, what are you hearing from the industry this weekend? Well, bad business. <laughs> 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 well, well, since uh, uh, there are so many people uh, leaving Hong Kong during the holiday, uh, and then, oh, overall speaking, the um, situation in the catering industry in Hong Kong in the past few days are not good. And uh, when we see that you know, 1.3 billion uh, people from Hong Kong uh, uh, left um, for, for vacation during the, well, from the, the 3rd to the 7th uh, of April, uh, this is a huge number. Um, you know, more than uh, 10 or 15 percent of the population that's 
has done. And uh, we see that, you know, in these past two days, uh, you know, most uh, restaurants um, uh, uh, are suffering from a loss of business by at least uh, 15 to 20 percent. But uh, Simon, which figures are you comparing with? Uh, well, last year we, we had the Omicron wave and the people are still not allowed to go to restaurants. So are you looking at the pre-COVID numbers? No. Uh, just, um, well, the numbers just reflect uh, the business of, uh, uh, from last week, actually, uh, before uh, April 2nd. Because uh, right after April Third, when we see so many people leaving Hong Kong, the uh, business has dropped. Uh, when we see that uh, business actually have have, uh, have picked up uh, quite a bit, um, well, uh, owing to the fact that um, uh, the uh, relaxation of the measures um, has helped uh, a lot uh, for the recovery of the business. Um, but uh, adding to that, um, business has not. Uh, been back to normal as, um, well, uh, when we compare to the figures before COVID, uh, we can only reach about uh, 80 to 90 percent of our business um, compared to, to that time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but um, when we see the situation uh, in the past week, uh, the situation uh, is so bad, um, you know, particularly in uh, at night time and during the evening, um, you know, many restaurant owners uh, told me that uh, their business has dropped by, um, you know, at least 30 or even 50 percent. Uh, they have some business during the day uh, because, um, well, still we have uh, about 6 million population in Hong Kong, um, but uh, that won't help so much. Um, and also, uh, uh, we are uh, also lacking um, you know, numbers of uh, tourists, uh, it's, uh, particularly from overseas and mainland. Hmm. Um, you know, the, every day we we only have about uh, eighty thousand uh, mainland tourists uh, during during actually during uh, weekend, uh, hmm. but during weekdays. Uh, they are only about 50 to 60,000. Uh, compared to pre-COVID, uh, we have an average of 164 or 165,000 uh, uh, tourists coming to Hong Kong per day. Uh, so this is a drop of, um, you know, more than 50%. Right. And I mean, why would there be more of them, right? They, they don't get an Easter holiday. We do. So we all head out of town. And especially with pent-up pent demand, uh, from people in Hong Kong who travel and the combination of the, you know, the, with the Qingming Festival, you can, you can get a lot of days, you can take a couple of days off and get a very uh, nice long holiday in there. Um, should yeah. we be doing more marketing to the mainland to tell them, hey, come to Hong Kong during Easter? <laughs> the city's, this, no lineups, the Hong Kongers are taking a little, uh, they're taking their vacation, it's a great time to come and, and you know, get a I, I, I hope so, but, um, well, it's, this is the job uh, of the government and the uh, you know the the, uh, the tourist bureau, uh, but the thing is, um, we are looking forward to uh, recovery of the business because uh, yesterday we recorded about uh, four hundred and twenty thousand uh, people 
uh, returning to Hong Kong. And uh, each day we would have more people coming back and then that would add uh, more business to our industry. Uh, and uh, this Sunday we will also receive the uh, consumption voucher. Mm-hmm. Um, although this is not a big amount for the first phase, but uh, still there is some, um, you know, boosting effect uh, to, to the economy. Um, we hope that, you know, the, we can get about 20 to 25% of this. Right. Um, now, yeah. si- Simon, are you still optimistic about, um, you know, the food and beverage industry bouncing back um, more quickly? Because I can see that um, the Labor Day um, long weekend yes. is coming, and then there's Mother's Day, and of course Father's Day, people don't go out as much. And, and, then, um, <laughs> and then, you know, uh, the summer is coming, and... Um, uh, and people are more likely yeah. to dine out, and uh, a lot of students are coming back from overseas. Is that uh, is that yes. uh, the idea? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not that uh, pessimistic about the future uh, situation uh, for uh, the uh, catering uh, business. Um, we are looking forward to a jump of about 20% of the uh, tourists uh, coming to Hong Kong from the mainland. Uh, because they have uh, a, a week-long uh, holiday. And, uh, but, uh, you know, 20% is the um, tickets number. Um, that translates to about, well, less than uh, 20,000. Uh, adding to the normal uh, 80,000, then it's only 100,000. We still have a drop of about 40% of, 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 uh, of the tourists. Um, coming to Hong Kong per day. Um, but uh, still, it will help. Um, also, Mother's Day is a big um, event for us, a big day for us. Uh, but this is only one or two days, so maximum three days uh, celebration. Uh, that won't help the, uh, the whole month. And Father's Day, as you say, you know, the, um, well, people don't respect fathers. <laughs> yeah, people don't respect fathers. <laughs> Tell me about it. Jeez. So, so um, and, and Simon, then, and, you yeah. know, uh, apart from these events and the festivals and things like that, um, you know, do you see that F&B um, business is sort of innovating and they are doing different things to cater to new business? Nowadays, the young people, they love all kinds of beverages. And uh, so the, the more regular, more traditional types of restaurants uh, might not attract the young people that much. Uh, but unfortunately, I see a lot of the older restaurants are uh, closing down because yeah. uh, business is so bad. And or, you know, or, or they can't get staff. That's the other big problem. I mean, did we need yes. a weekend off to give the staff a break? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we, well, actually, we are in, well, in short stage of uh, labor. And um, that's why when we see that the, the operating hours for uh, a lot of restaurants have cut down. Uh, they only um, open for one shift instead of uh, double shift. And uh, because uh, you know, they simply cannot um, you know, employ enough people to run uh, the operation. Um, and that would also add uh, to the cost of uh, the operation because they can employ more people and if we don't have uh, enough business, this is also another law. Uh, 
And of course, well, in the past few months or even uh, for the past year, we've seen uh, there are a lot of uh, small, uh, um, you know, I, I would say coffee shops or cafes or, you know, uh, some establishments that cater to youngsters. Um, young people nowadays doesn't want to go to Yamsa, you know, all these old things. Uh, they would rather, you know, the, um, gather around in some uh, new attraction. And, uh, but the thing is, this is also another uh, danger because uh, for young people, they are not experienced in running business. Um, and, um, you know, one, well, I, I, I expect that, you know, the, a lot of uh, these little restaurants uh, or cafes are not making um, enough profit to sustain. Um, sooner or later, uh, this will be another thing. Um, but um, I hope that, uh, you know, in the second half of, of the year when uh, more uh, tourists coming back to Hong Kong um, and also uh, because of the con consumption voucher that would, you know, uh, maybe uh, sustain a lot for uh, four to six months, uh, that would be, uh, have some help uh, to our industry. Um, but Simon, during COVID, people's eating habits have changed. Now, I have seen empty tables in restaurants uh, in, over the last weekend, but I also see, you know, motorcycles everywhere, you know, the, um, all the uh, food delivery services in full yes. steam. So uh, eventually, I think the restaurants will have to face high rent, empty tables. They might have to shrink in size. Or did you see that happening as a trend? Well, already they are shrinking uh, the size of the restaurant. Um, you know, uh, during COVID time, uh, big restaurants uh, with size over uh, 10,000 square foot or uh, even some bigger ones like the um, 20,000 20, or even 30,000 square foot uh, uh, restaurants have already, but a lot of them have closed down. And um, they are replaced by, um, you know, few smaller restaurants. Um, this is, um, you know, a, a way to, uh, you know, uh, cut the cost. And, um, uh, but, then, but then, you know, this, this, I, I, I don't know, uh, uh, it probably is not helpful for, uh, for the industry because um, uh, um, we cannot find fake. Uh, uh, venues for uh, holding big banquets. If uh, the economy uh, returns, then um, we, we might need uh, more celebrations, more uh, venues to hold uh, big banquets. Mm. Um, but and another thing is, um, you know, we simply don't have enough uh, manpower uh, to serve the industry. Um, before COVID, we employ about 260,000 uh, employees. Industry. I, but now I, we only have about uh, 200,000 left. Yeah, um, that's and that's definitely one we're going to have to watch in the future. Thank you so much, Simon Wong, for coming on, as you do often, uh, President of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades. Really glad to have him on every time. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, all of you, the listeners, for tuning in, emailing, and commenting on our Facebook page today. Be back tomorrow when Janice Wong and I will be – oh, no, I'm not coming out for tomorrow for back time. I'm going to be on Money Talk tomorrow. But I would like to thank our producer, Christy Lyon, engineer, James Lung. And this has been Back Chats.